Good morning. Welcome to Teaching Others Also. It is another day in the Lord. He hasn't come back. So it's February the 10th, 2022. And here we are on a Thursday morning dealing with fishing for souls. For me, it's been a great time to reinforce and revisit the things that we need to be practicing every chance we get every day. Let me say this. A lot of people... And I understand that there's many things we do out of duty. I understand that. But a lot of people are in a trap, you might say. And that trap is they try to do things like put out the gospel, witness, uh, the modern so-called soul winning thing. They, they do it because they, they're told they ought to, etc. And there's a burden there that's not a burden of God. It's a burden of expectation. Now, it is true the Holy Spirit will, will nudge you when, when you need to speak up. And we've spent some time now. We're in, we're in number 12 session, and that's not a lot if you think about it. There's only four sessions to an hour. So this is just, you know, three hours worth of stuff. And that's not a lot when you're looking at in your Bible something as important as fishing for men, for souls. We've talked about the being about fishers, the, the people who fish, fishermen, fisherwomen, fisher people. And we've been talking about fishing starting yesterday morning. Now, we, we looked at and we began looking, and I hope you'll go to John 3, and John chapter 3. And we're looking at Nicodemus and the Lord Jesus. And the first thought out of John 3 was that seekers are seekers. And that you cannot try to qualify, qualify and profile and all that kind of stuff like you might in the world. Now, Brother Wood, the cowboy preacher, would say the, the church is the only business that will stay in business as long as it stays out of business. It's the same thing with soul searching, with soul winning, with soul fishing, with fishing for people, for souls. You cannot conduct your gospel ministry the way you would conduct anything else out in the world out in the world you need to use wise marketing some of y'all some of y'all are messed up and you think the, that that the way to do things outside of the church and outside of the lord and outside of stuff is to do it the same exact way as you as you would you know in the gospel and that's not true and then many times people get mixed up and they do, the, they do that reverse. They take the world stuff and bring it into the gospel. No, they're, they're totally unique and separate. Wise marketing, wise budgeting, wise all that stuff in the world, you ought to do that. You can't bring that into the gospel. And we're learning that as we go. We're revisiting that. Many of us learned it years ago and God's used it. And today we're going to keep talking about, for a few minutes, the seekers are seekers. And there's all kinds of them. And you don't actually know what's going on in that person's heart. You don't know what's going on or what God's even setting up. So the pattern that we're starting to see here in the Lord Jesus Christ, the picture he gives us, is that this happens to be a, a fellow who is following the Old Testament. He's following what God, what light God has given up to now. Now, the Bible says that there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. So he was part of that Pharisee group. So he did have their indoctrination. 
and he had obviously been influenced by it, but he's really trying to figure out who Jesus Christ is. You know, some of y'all, it's so easy for you to forget how dumb we were. I'll just speak for myself. I was completely ignorant of, of God, of anything, when I started hearing about the Lord. I was already out of high school. I was already, and I started hearing about God. And hearing about the Lord Jesus Christ, specifically. I'd never heard His name used in a reverent way before that. Other than, every year at Christmas, they'd be playing, remember the old 33 and the 3rd albums? They'd be They'd have the little stereo going and they'd be playing Christmas songs and a bunch of them would be hymns. And I don't know if my family even knew they were. My mother may have. My grandmother on her side, uh, her grandmother, my great-grandmother, was a old-time Christian out of West Virginia. But I never got to meet her and didn't know it. Didn't know a thing about that till much later. But I still remember those hymns. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. O little town of Bethlehem. The old soul winner wrote that song. Penned those words. So I would say to you that uh, it's pretty crazy and amazing that we got saved. It's pretty crazy that we understand and know a lot of the Bible now compared to what we did not know and did not understand. My vocabulary, reading my King James Bible, has has tripled, quadrupled, it's beyond, you know, ten times what it ever would have been if I hadn't been a Bible-reading person. Because when I come across something, I look it up in the English. I don't go to some dead language, even though I had to take years of the dead language to, to go through school and get my degree, all that kind of stuff. Now, we're in John 3. Would you go to 1 Peter 3 for today? 1 Peter 3. And we spoke a few sessions back on the fisher, the fisher person, <laughs> the fisherman, the fisherwoman, the fishers of souls that you have to prepare to go fishing. And I want, I'd like for you to go to 1 Peter chapter 3 on this subject about fishing. Okay? Now, if you're fishing, you... Obviously, you've got to prepare yourself to go fishing. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's amazing to me what the world does, how prepared the world is for their stuff, their hobbies, etc. It just amazes me. I, Not that they do it, but the believers don't do it in other parts of their life. 1 Peter 3. Now, seekers are seekers. Please, it sounds overly simple, but it's profound because you can't tell who's thinking what and what their background is. Here's, a Nic here's Nicodemus. He's a ruler of the Pharisees. So many a person, many a Christian, Bible-believing Christian, would deal with him and totally different than the Lord Jesus Christ did and with a different spirit. And you might miss the catch because Jesus deals with him and he's straightforward with him. Okay, and then what we find is that Nicodemus is one of the fellows, he and Joseph of Arimathea, they come and seek the body of the, of the Lord Jesus after the crucifixion while everyone else is, they're, they're hiding, they're 
And rightly so, they're scared. And you would have been in the same shape or worse. Okay? You would not have the, all the revelation you have looking back that, that you expect them to have looking forward. Don't even try it. Some of y'all really do need a good old taste, a good old uh, serving of humble pie and quit looking at your Bible, thinking how smart you are looking backward through it. Anybody could be smart looking back through history. Anybody, hindsight's twenty twenty, all that kind of stuff. Now, he's dealing with Nicodemus, and the example he gives us is amazing. Nicodemus notes what Christ is doing. He, he sees something, and he says, you've got to be from God, but, but who are you? We know thou art a teacher come from God. No man can do these. And then verse 3, Jesus answered said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So come to 1 Peter 3 for a minute, please. <coughs> 1 Peter chapter 3. Seekers are seeking, and so we must be ready to give a clear answer. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14, But and if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. Please, please, please do not add in your personal margin there anything to do with politics or anything to do with human rights. Those aren't righteousness. Righteousness is when you're doing right by God with the right spirit. We are not practicing righteousness if we're doing the right thing with the wrong spirit. And many of you would do well to at least ease out of, back out of, or turn around and walk away from people, no matter how knowledgeable, that don't have the right spirit. That's exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ rebuked two of his disciples for. They had their Bible right. It was good for them to be indignant. And he said, you don't know what spirits you got. You know your Bible. You know what one of the solutions is for this. But you don't even know what spirit you're up. They wanted to kill those people. They wanted to call down fire from heaven. And many of you want, you want to hammer the Pharisee. The Lord Jesus didn't. So watch. But if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. The greatest picture I have of that is if you took a piece of paper and you sat there and you drew a circle and you put God in the middle of it. Or take that piece of paper and right in the middle of the paper, write God, and then draw a circle around it. That's you sanctifying. And that Circle is a hedge. It's a wall. It's a fence that says God is off limits. Not God is untouchable as in going to him for needs. He's off limits. Something goes wrong, God's off limits. Somebody mistreats you. Life goes bad. You don't like what's happening. God is off limits. The guard I put up is I sanctify the Lord God in my heart. God is right, God is good, and He's off limits. He's not to be doubted. He's not to be questioned. Oh, you can say how long, Lord, all that. But His integrity is always His integrity. 
sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. That's another whole subject. But that, many of you, that's what you need to do right now. You need to take that, write God in the middle of your paper, and put a circle around it and say that's a hedge. That's a barrier. That's a do not enter. Do not cross the boundaries. It's a boundary. I, God is off limits. So where did you come up with that idea? Actually, I came up with it way, way, way back. Before I was even 30 years old, I'm 60, almost 67. And I came up with it by reading the verse and saying, I wonder what's a good illustration of that. And then watching some people who were really, really dedicated, sincere Christians, and I watched them go through some things. And somehow in that boundary, there's, they allowed a little glitch or they tore a piece out. I don't know however you want to put it. They stepped over it <coughs> and suddenly God was in their sights. Or a, a taste of bitterness, Hebrews 12, you should read it. A root of bitterness. And I watched it change him. And I was like, Lord, I need a truth. I need something because except for the grace of God, there go I. And little did I know some things that could come into my life. And little do you know some things that come into your life. Death, disappointment, enemies, sickness, sometimes separations, sometimes divorces, sometimes death in people's lives, sometimes debt in people's lives. All those personal things that people, people go through hundreds of those things through disappointments and deaths and, and divorces and disasters. Sanctify God in your hearts. And then he says, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that was in you, that is in you with meekness and fear. Would you mark those two words? Meekness and fear. Having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. They won't be ashamed in this life, most likely. They will be later. Later, later, later. Not now, but afterwards. We'll do more of this in the morning. Listen. Do not avoid being simple and yet mystical. And this is where the soul winners got off track. They quit using born again. They quit using new birth. And it was all about saved, saved, saved. It's a Bible word. But saved ended up being a formula, a plan of salvation, and not a mystical new birth. If you take away the mystical out of the new birth, you're killing the seed. Meditate on that today. We'll see you first thing in the morning. God be with you today.